Hey guys, welcome to Project Esports for May 30th, 2019. As always, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgren, alongside Dylan Beal and a very special guest today, Aaron. I am not even going to take the time to explain who he is because he has done so much. So before we even get into anything, I want you to just take a couple <laughs> minutes to kind of talk about what oh, you're Lord. doing now, where they can find you. Just kind of chill out about your own information because I'm sure you don't get to do that too much. Chill time. Okay. Um, so I'm still running a podcast uh, with uh, my, my old colleague Zing uh, called, uh, it's called Smite Steel now. Um, it was the recall once upon a time. Uh, and uh, when I left Dot Esports, which is where I spent most of my career in esports, um, I had to start a new one because uh, <laughs> it was theirs technically. Um, and uh, we're doing that. We're like six episodes in. Uh, we just had our, our last one go up like two days ago. Uh, it's going well. If you guys want to follow it, it's uh, Might Steal Pod on Twitter. Uh, no spaces. Um, me, though, I'm, I'm not really doing journalism anymore. Um, for a long time, I was an esports journalist, and now I'm a uh, content manager. Uh, so I've, I've moved on to the world of editing and scheduling and planning and stuff like that. Um, and I work at Upcomer, which is a cool esports startup out in LA. Uh, and that's where I live now. So I'm right, right in the action, uh, which is where I wanted to be the last like four years. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got a, a lot of good writers on our team. Uh, I got Kevin Hitt, Steven Chu, uh, Nicole Carpenter, uh, lots of cool people. Um, and, uh, things are going well. So if you want to follow me, I think my... Twitter is somewhere. Yeah, it should be right here. below, down to your right. Yeah, down here. Uh, but uh, yeah, otherwise, that's that's it. I'm just a guy that's been around esports for a long time and um, trying to move on to management. Scary world of management. Moving that's, up that's to the world. Doing. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm getting a little bit of echo on your side. Oh, sounds are good. Echo. We should be good now. I'm sorry. Um, but okay. yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show and all that kind of stuff. It was very last yeah. moment. It was just a couple of days ago. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, no problem. But kind of the reason Aaron is on the show and we're going to have guests coming up for the next couple of weeks is James is going to be taking a short hiatus just for a month or two. Focusing on school is getting down toward the end of the semester for him. So he just wants to take some time. So luckily we're going to have Aaron and a lot of other awesome guests coming up. We might even have Aaron back in a couple of weeks. We haven't talked too much about that, but he talked about it uh little bit so we're gonna have a lot of awesome people on these next couple of weeks yeah. while james is focusing on his own stuff so thank you kind of for coming in especially last second but um for those of you that do not know project esports is a weekly esports podcast where we talk about the biggest stories topics interviews kind of whatever we feel like talking about give a little bit of context give our opinions talk about it and then just kind of meme around about the best um but we actually have a lot of news kind of going on this week we don't have much else for our whole housekeeping so i want to just jump into it to something that just broke i don't know a couple hours ago now and upcomers already got their article out about it everyone's <laughs> talking about it right now twitter's blowing up but tfu 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 oh my goodness tfu t something the huge fortnite streamer right now that i'm sure a lot of you at least heard of if you don't know who he is is suing phase clan the clan that represents him that he's been working with for so long for kind of a variety of reasons, the biggest one is kind of the contract. He's kind of saying that they're taking 80% of all of his incoming. They're blocking um, potential business kind of deals because of conflicts of interest. Apparently, he's accusing them of forcing him to drink underage and Oof. 
um, like illegal gambling. There's just all kinds of things going on right now. The story's still developing. Face Clans came back and kind of said, we have no idea what you're talking about. Like, none of this is true. But there's there's a lot to kind of go into it. So I guess, first off, I kind of want to get both of your opinions about which side you kind of think is going on. I mean, we see contract disputes all the time in esports. But this is probably by far one of the biggest ones that I can think of at least the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that uh, I can't even remember the last uh, big contract dispute. Um, there, there, were, there used to be a lot in League, which is where I've, I've spent most of my time, uh, which resulted in the, the player association being formed um, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, there's uh, if you work in esports, you'll come across uh, shady contract dealings all over the place. Uh, typically, they're with the um, smaller games, though. Uh, like, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes around with uh, FGC and uh, Call of Duty. Uh, but like, for the most part, the big esports, um, and even though you can say what you want about Fortnite esports. I would at least consider it a big game. Yeah. Uh, and Tifu is, is more of a personality than a competitor. Um, for the most part, the big games uh, have professionalized and uh, haven't really had big problems like this, with exceptions, obviously. But uh, this is huge. Yeah, real big. Um, honestly, I can't... I can't really say which side is correct. Um, I think that uh, some of the wasn't there an article that like showed the contract itself. Um, I haven't which seen it. Something, something talked about the clout house and all that weird stuff. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't look good for Phase. Uh, I'll say that at least. I mean, the, like you were saying before. I mean, this has come up before. Yeah. So, I mean, my my favorite uh, story about this happening was uh, back in the FGC days with uh, EMP, who was run by this dude named Triforce, and the infamous, like, Chef R.A.D. ravioli story of where, <laughs> basically, in their team house, uh, Justin Wong, very famous uh, fighting games player right now, mm-hmm. um, he was leaving the house because he went to, um, I think this was when he was going to EG. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of leftover food. And, like, whenever he was, like, all right, guys, like, I'm not going to take the food with me, people, like, scrambled to get, like, the raviolis because, like, they weren't paying their players or anything, and they just had, like, you know, like, cans of Chef Boy ID, and they were, like, scrounging for the food. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't think, I haven't heard of anything, like, like that bad. Um there have I, I will say that I, I am I am kind of in the middle of something with with a COD team who will go unmentioned uh, <laughs> that that is kind of on par with with that uh, where people just aren't getting money at all. Um, but yeah, there especially in like um, did you hear about the one um, Korean league player who moved to Japan uh, to play for a team a couple years ago and then they. They basically, it, it's its not the same thing as saying they're your lawyer, but they basically held his, um, they held his uh, travel visa, uh, his resident card, uh, and they, they grabbed it from him and said that they, they wouldn't give it back unless he had to, like, ask permission uh, to use it. Yeah, so he got in trouble with, like, the law because someone, because they get checked all the time in Japan if you're there within, on long term and, and uh, 
it's it's like very serious over there. So they he was risking getting kicked out, and he got uh, he got grabbed by law enforcement. And then there was this whole ordeal that he went through because his team held his card, and he he couldn't like show it to the the uh, police. Um, and there's like that that sort of like baseline like total negligence is a little more unheard of over here, but it definitely happens. Definitely happens. Yeah, this is, and I guess. It's, I mean, yeah, these stories aren't uncommon. I mean, I have heard of them too. I haven't heard of either one of those, but I have heard of these stories and people getting paid and all that. But I, I think just because of that, it is too, I mean, FaZe Clan is one of the most well-known organizations and yeah. um, Tfue, Tifu, however you want to say it, Tifu, I think that's <laughs> I finally those. got it right, um, is one of the biggest names and kind of at least Fortnite and esports too and just kind of content creating. He's huge and I think... And I think what the biggest thing that's going to come out of this and what I think I want to get you both of your opinions on is, is this going, if the contract ends up being true and FaZe is actually doing everything that they're kind of accused of, is this what's going to be pushing the esports industry as a whole over to get some kind of union? Is this going to be the spark if it's big enough and true? No, absolutely not. It won't happen because of this, for sure. Um, People are just going to be way more weary about... uh, you know, companies that they sign contracts with and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. It's it, it's kind of crazy if you think about the situation. Because, I mean, uh, Tifu signed with them, right? And he was working for them and generating money. And 80% of his money that he generated was being taken from him. That's crazy, right? That's horrible. You would oh, never yeah. accept that, right? What if I told you that's happening every single day? everyone working for companies out there no but actually i mean like it it sounds it's really equivalent and there's like a lot of big labor issues in esports right now that people are just having situations like this happen where they're having all their profits taken away from them just because you know they came to them and they were like hey you want to be part of phase like it's it's phase like of course you're gonna sign with them and then they're like all right by the way this is like kind of legit company, but not really. We're gonna take eighty percent of your money. Also, live in the clout house and drink alcohol. Like, <laughs> it's just like a pseudo. It's like a pseudo frat, which it would is, not yeah. surprise me if like less known companies are. I mean, they're one hundred percent doing this. Other companies for sure. Yeah, like, for sure. there's so many YouTuber houses and Twitch houses out there that are doing the same exact thing, but they're not as big as Phase. So yeah, I I, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, so why why wouldn't that push it if it's coming to light that like obviously we all know it's happening, but like because what has okay better question what needs to happen then for a union like what needs a spark for unions to actually be a real discussion that might happen in esports? There needs to be a real labor movement in for workers in general in America for that to happen. To be honest, like. Just, like, that's not an American thing to unionize. Like, there's a couple, like, uh, groups out there that have unionized, but, like, no, that's not going to happen in esports until there's a greater movement to push it, which, I mean, there might be. Like, it, it might be on the forefront of it happening with, like, things with, like, Amazon, um, yeah. you know, kind of exploding and, and them trying to unionize. But I don't think esports in an isolation are going are gonna to unionize. Do you agree with that, Aaron? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that he's right. Uh, unionization in, in America is is not mainstream, I don't think, and it's definitely becoming more popular. And you have you have, you have certain people in involved in pop culture 
that um, will unionize. Like you have Kota like Kotaku and uh, their media group, which I think is Gizmodo, is all unionized. Um, but that's like unheard of. Um, like people don't do that normally. Um, I think if anything, there might be a player association that comes around for other major leagues, maybe for Counter-Strike is what I'd see the next big one. Um, Overwatch League seems to be more um, well-managed uh, than I think a lot of the other esports uh, leagues, so I don't think that they will need it necessarily, um, at least not right away. And there might be stuff going on behind the scenes that I don't know about, so don't, don't get me wrong there. But um, for League, we already have it. Um, and I think, uh, if anything, uh, all that this is going to do is is uh, like Dylan said, it's just going to push people to be a little more weary. Um, they might have actual lawyers look at their contracts uh, for once. Um, I think that's the next step. I think it's I think it's just that players will start to realize that they are they are a weird mix between an athlete and a celebrity, mm-hmm. um, and both of those things on their own would always get a lawyer involved in something like this. Always. Um, and it just so happens that this that it's just like an infantile industry um, that they they go on without getting something involved like that. Um, and I think if anything, yeah, it'll just it'll push more athletes to to hire people like Ryan Morrison or like Ryan Fairchild uh, to to actually look at contracts before they sign them. Uh, and I think that's the first step. And then yeah. we'll we'll talk about unionization later. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a good call. And I just bring that up because i've seen i'm not twitter it's exploding of course sure, um, yeah. and people are just talking about unions or talking about agents and all that kind of stuff so i just wanted to kind of see your perspective on it because there hasn't been a kind of contract dispute to this size in a long time that we were just kind of talking about and that's why i wanted to bring that up because something's going to change it's just how much is going to change and i mm. think if anything at least from my perspective if it is true, it's going to hurt FaZe Clan, but they're not going anywhere. It's not going to hurt them. This yeah, has a lot gonna, bigger yeah. chance of backfiring on Tifu, Tifu than it does on... <laughs> I, I'm never going to say that right. I want to move on to the story because I'm going to keep butchering that. But yeah, if, if he's lying, his career's done. I mean, at mm-hmm. least with any big organizations, both FaZe, they're just so big that I honestly don't think it's going to... It's going to hurt them. It's going to put some bad publicity but they'll move on they'll be fine so hopefully yeah. he is correct and it helps the players because otherwise it's just kind of ruining his career because i don't know why else he'd kind of be doing this outside of wanting to move somewhere else it just kind of seem out of it seems to be out of nowhere as well because he has been with the organization for a while so it's kind of curious to see what sparked this all of a sudden yeah, I'm sure uh, if it is true it could be anything i'm sure it could have been anything that broke the proverbial camel's back um as it were but yeah who knows um and uh, people will look into it and i'm sure we'll get to the bottom of it at some point but for now it's just very messy oh he froze right that moment. on either side yet what's that sorry you froze right when you made like a face so i thought you were just kind of holding it but no <laughs> yeah Fantastic. but yeah so it'll be more and i'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast next week because there's going to be a lot of things developing over the next week so hopefully by this yeah. time next week you have more but um i think there's not too much else we can kind of say on that since it is kind of breaking so yeah let's talk about msi i know dylan you probably didn't watch any of it 
not a single bit of it. <laughs> nope, I did not expect you to. Go, Aaron, did you off, guys? Did you watch some of MSI? You seem like a league guy. I did. Yes, I'm a League of Legends guy through and through. Uh, so I, I was there. I watched not there in in yeah. Asia, but um, I, I stayed up to watch the big matches. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, two Western teams made it to yeah. finals. Not much else you can say. Yeah, it's let's amazing. just let's just edit there. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it was awesome. Really yeah, great. it was, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience, and yeah, I mean, obviously, for those of you that didn't know or didn't watch, I mean, the two Western teams of the tournament, um, G two and um, Team Liquid, Liquid both made it yeah. to finals. First time a Western team, I guess, the first time an EU team has won any major tournament since two thousand eleven, which was before yeah. Korea even had a region. So. Yeah. And then this was um, one of the best performances any um, NA team has had. So it's unfortunate it was a 3-0 blowout, but it was cool to see two Western hey, teams. Man, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. First time two Western teams totally have ever cool been it. there. So it's yeah. just not too much to talk about. It would have been up oh, done. I do have something to add, actually. Okay. All right. um, I saw a tweet that I really liked. I think it was from uh, one of the G2 players that was like... Um, msi finals world record any percent yeah 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 that was, that was uh wunder i think yeah. yeah i loved it that was real good and he he also called so actually another thing that kind of happened from this is that this was a league of legends record for the fastest best of five series which it was it was yeah, by i think that's like, important to note as well yeah eight minutes but yeah. i mean it, it was fun for any league of legends fans i know i i watch all the games at night and all that kind of stuff but i just figured it's such a big event that should at least touch on it maybe we talk yep. about a little bit more of team liquid ended up winning but figured we should at least kind of mention it before we get i'm to some just of happy story. enough i'm happy that they made it out of groups and yeah. then they then they beat ig like mm, can't, i can't ask for more honestly yeah no i mean the games leading up to it was amazing no matter what happened in the finals yeah. but Dylan, this is going to be something you can't talk about because there's not too much to talk about with MSI. And I wanted to give you a lot of time for this one because I know you're just going to rant about it. So Absolutely. So <laughs> let me know when to change the topics because these next two kind of are, are somewhat related. So okay. um, the big news was that the NCAA was doing their big, huge exploratory stuff with esports, wondering if they want to get into it, what they want to do with it, et cetera, et cetera. And they finally released a statement. No. That's it? Yeah, I think it was no for now. But yeah. no, they said no. Um, and this is probably the best news I've heard in months. I'm so happy they said no. I don't want NC the NCAA in here. I don't want them anywhere close to it. I'm super happy about this. I know we've been we've been talking about this probably since like the start of Project Esports like for like the past two. two years. Yeah, for the past two years we've talked about this. So um, I think at least on like our front it's always been um all of us together saying no we don't want them involved um but aaron do you have a different perspective um i'm i am i'm kind of torn i think on one hand I'm, I'm very familiar with sports and i know that the ncaa is uh convoluted corrupt lots of things wrong with it um i think that their their organization and management of leagues is not good um, but on the other hand, uh, that would have been a huge step uh, towards getting a more mainstream audience 
involved in collegiate esports, which I think desperately needs it. Um, I think that, uh, but I think from a purely league management perspective, I think the NCAA not being involved is better. Um, I think that from a media standpoint, it would have been better if they were involved. So I'm, I'm kind of in, in between. I think that makes sense. Um, so I think you're totally right on that. It would help it. But I would say probably only in the beginnings of it. I think the NCAA picking up would have this huge boom to collegiate yeah. esports in terms of like it being in the limelight. But I think that would probably die out fairly fast um, as opposed to just like building building up a little bit more slowly and having other avenues uh, for people to watch it. Like I know um, Big Ten Network had like a huge League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they had a huge League of Legends event and then they did like like a like a seasonal kind of yeah they have a league. deal yeah like yeah. a league um i was looking for the word thanks andrew um but yeah they had a league and it was uh it was good i think if they have more things like that then it's slowly gonna we're not gonna have that huge boom but it's slowly mm-hmm. gonna kind of creep up um and maybe we might get better things like here's the dorm beyond espn again so i mean yeah. I, I think we can achieve the same goals but in like a healthier way i have a i have a question for you um, I think that uh, aren't I know that there are several conferences uh, that were involved with uh, collegiate esports and that had their own like mini leagues uh, and and then for like finals they would meet up at the uh, Overwatch Arena or the LCS Arena and then decide who wins uh, between the conferences. But um, uh, the, the ones that come to mind, I know Big Ten was one, the Peach Belt Conference was one. Um, there's a whole, there's like three more that I'm forgetting, but, um, my question, I guess, is aren't those conferences managed by the NCAA? Um, so I don't think the conferences are in the same way. So like the big 10, I think it's just the big 10 network. It was like the big 10 network. I don't know if the big 10 network's involved with the NCAA, just I'm not like a super big sports guy, but Andrew is the big 10 network actually the NCAA? Because I know... If we're talking about like conferences, like the Big Ten is a conference, but I don't think the Big Ten conference is the same as the Big Ten network. Well, yeah. The, the so Big it Ten... is the Big Ten network that manages it. Yes. Yeah, and so that's, so that's its have. separate entity. Yeah. So what you have now is a bunch of different organizations running them. So even though they're called like, it's the Big Ten network, like their League of Legends thing. They're not like exclusive. Like in 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 college ball, you have like conferences, and they're all like kind of separate, but like they're under the bigger umbrella, so they don't like overlap. But mm-hmm. you have people playing in the Big Ten uh, networks league who are also playing in other. I I wouldn't even call them conferences, States, yeah. but other organizations like they're playing in like um. I I, I will I, I will league is a bad example because like right only puts puts league onto one thing. Um, but like yeah. Overwatch, you can have like a ton of different Overwatch things. Where uh, StarCraft, you can have a ton of different things. So they could be a part of like TESPA and CSL and all these other organizations. Other other organizations, which I think that's the good part about it is that like you have these other organizations like trying to build up leagues around certain games and trying to make those certain games good. Because I think that's where the NCAA would fail is that yeah. you have all these esports and then they're just like man I, I don't know what to do with these i don't know what to do with any of these games because they're the ncaa yeah 
So you think it's better it's better to that it's for the long term that it's going to be managed by traditional esports league operators, uh, whether that's Riot, Blizzard, Tespa, um, and whoever else, um, and then the schools individually. I hope so. Um, <laughs> I think I think this leads Optimistic. really. I think this leads really well into uh, the next topic I had, unless Andrew or Aaron. You guys I, I want to other... hop in just a little bit on this. I haven't talked too much about it, but I, first off, I I I'm against NCA getting involved with esports as well. I think it gets very convoluted, especially with generally people that are very into esports and generally more skilled. They stream. And I think that's where the number one problem is going to be is if the NCAA gets involved, um, people are no longer going to be able to participate in that league and still stream because the NCAA has a very hard stance about them generating any kind of revenue from the sport. Even if they're doing a comedy YouTube channel, they're shut them down because they said that they were using their publicity from football. So I think that's the number one reason why I worry about the NCAA getting involved and that it might fail because the best players will not be getting involved because it's more beneficial for them to stream and make money and then do outside tournaments and participate in that but i also take it personally that the ncaa said no like what is esports not doing that they don't want to get behind it it's i mean you can say the same about olympics and all that though yeah and no and i'm not that upset about it and everyone is saying no right now but I, I feel like it comes down to the games and the complexity of it, but I feel like esports is at a point that it could get involved with the NCA and yeah. be fine. I think everything that is currently built would be destroyed in the wake of NCA getting involved. But yeah. I think I'm in the middle between you two. Hearing your argument actually brings me around a little bit because I, I think there is a lot of good that the NCA can bring, but I think there's just as many problems that they bring and that both solutions That's have the pros and cons. I have a, I actually have, I have something to say um, on that. I think that um, to me, uh, I think that you brought up something about uh, how there's, there would be this weird thing between competing in the NCAA and streaming. Um, and that actually is, is in my mind, probably why someone like the NCAA would back out. Um, I think that taking away the whole argument or the whole debate over um, do you think the NCAA would fit, uh, if you ignore that, the discussion that NCAA is probably looking at is are collegiate esports ready for something like the NCAA? And I think that the answer to that is no. I think that collegiate esports don't even know what collegiate esports are yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it would be really hard for an external organization to try to fit into a system that doesn't even understand itself. Um, because in esports, you have players who are really good who decide to stream, maybe not even go to college. Um, you have teams recruit players who are really good right out of high school, um, and sometimes before that, uh, with you know like TSM and their like little league roster. I don't even remember what they're called. Uh, but uh, it's 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 a totally different thing because players who are good will always shine before college is even a question. And that's something that the NCAA with sports has never dealt with. Um, so I think that while the collegiate esports scene is trying to figure out what this weird dynamic is between 
do you stream is this actually a good feeder system to pro play like what what is happening here um the ncaa really has no business being in it because they would get nothing out of it so i would say what you're saying is totally true um but actually just hearing you say that i think i know what the issue is on why people shine so early on i mean like uh they did a bunch of tests and obviously like um your cognitive peak or whatever is always like before 25 i think um that's yeah. when you're like really peaking with your your reaction times and all that but i also think it's just because we don't have the the support structure and network that traditional sports has right now um because the college system for sports they really put you in there and really mold you into like this like amazing athlete we don't yeah. do that with with uh like no. any any esport like you don't yeah. go into a school and have some like there there is an except there's a couple exceptions out there who you know there's some schools with really really good programs but the programs just don't compare when you have schools that like i'm gonna i'm gonna take a uh, penn state for for instance because you know that's you know, i went i went there so i like i know their sports system a little bit but when you have like some of the best football coaches there or you go and you just do wrestling we'll just we'll say wrestling they have like an o olympic like like former olympian like best wrestler in the world teaching people like you're like the, the comparison between that and like if you go into like collegiate esports you're going into mm. like a club system and you're playing with like really good players but they're your peers for them for the most part they're not like these elite athletes who've been playing for years and years and years and can really guide you and, and mold you no, into they're all really kids. good athletes exactly yeah. so i think i think once that bridges gap we're gonna see a little a little bit of difference i still think ncaa should never touch it in a million years and i think it would be a travesty but yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Definitely, I don't think the NCA, even if I, even if I believed collegiate esports were in a stable place that understood itself, I still don't think NCA would be a good fit. I'm just trying to explain why I would back out if I were them. No, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I think this this is kind of a good time to switch over to the next kind of conversation here is, and yeah. I think this is something that may help us really decide what collegiate esports is, is by these publishers stepping in which is Dylan, yeah, you want to kind of talk about Riot kind of making some kind of organization to help with that. Yeah, so yeah, Riot is, they've been doing a lot of stuff in collegiate esports. They started with Ivy, LOL, and then they did ULOL, and then they kind of passed it around a little bit, but like I think the, the next big um, avenue that they want to go down is create like a standalone governing body for collegiate League of Legends. So the quote that they had about it was that it'll have an external advisory board featuring college sports and higher education experts in order to aid with these processes. I think that's super cool because it sounds like they want to create a system that like has people who know what they're talking about involved into it. Yeah. So not only Riot, who knows League of Legends, and you know, people who are involved with college sports who know about college sports, and then people who are education experts who, you know, that's the whole thing is is around <laughs> education. So I, I think this is this is a really good step forward, I think, for Riot to make into like League of Legends in the collegiate scene. And I, I agree. yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's a necessary one. I mean, the and esports is different than traditional sports because no one owns traditional sports, but people do own the games that esports are played on. And ultimately they control so much of it and they decide how easy or hard they're going to make it for NCA to get involved for. And I think that could be another reason why the NCA doesn't get involved because they have to deal <laughs> with external parties such as Riot, Blizzard and all that. 
But if Riot comes in and makes it easier, saying, like, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to build it with the right people and build a structure that's going to work for collegiate esports. That makes it easier and ultimately is a better way to do it versus NCAA. Because the Riot ultimately makes all the decisions and they don't have to deal with anyone else to get agreements. That they're just going to decide how it's done. They're going to make sure it's done in the right way because otherwise, why do it at all? So I think this is a necessary step for collegiate esports to grow, and it's the best way for them to grow. Yeah. So to me, this seems like I, I don't know how involved or how knowledgeable you are about like the different like collegiate organizations out there, um, but there's one called Tespa who they're kind of like Blizzard's like collegiate standalone, sort of. Like yeah. they're still on Blizzard campus, but they're they're separate. Like they're they're separate employees and everything, uh, but they're still on you know Blizzard's payroll. But they do things a little bit separate and they try to run the organization like that. But this seems like they're taking that idea and running further with it. Mm. I think it's really good because Tespa did a lot of really good things for the collegiate esports scene. But this is taking it and going, all right, let's get some some people who know about the education system and actually like college sports and put them into this and see what we can do with it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think that uh, that's the kind of structure that this system would need um, because, uh, yeah, and I think that what, what you said about uh, the devs basically owning the game, well, not basically, they literally own the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it definitely brings up um, a lot of weird problems that traditional sports wouldn't be able to uh, or would never run into. So I think having this governing body would definitely help smooth things over there. But honestly, I've, I've wanted a governing body for professional leagues for a while too. Um, like if the LCS or just League of Legends in general had one, I think that would be amazing. Um, where you have a body that, that will call whether or not a bug or a specific outcome in a game um, goes one way or the other across the entire board. Like last year, there was uh, there was one bug that caused a problem in three different professional regions, and all three regions did something different about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hate that. And I think that governing body would solve that problem too. But yeah, I, I think it's I think this this concept is really good for any esport that's controlled by a game that's owned by one dev. I think that it's just. I think it's the the way things should be. I think it's the way that things are going to sort of evolve. Um, and uh, I think that starting out in collegiate definitely isn't a bad thing. Yeah. And like you said, I think it is. I agree that it's going to be the way that it's revolved because we see it happening right now, I guess. I mean, I think this is the only option if the NCAA isn't going to get involved. And clearly the NCAA has had these discussions with Blizzard and Riot. I mean, they could not yeah. be thinking about getting involved without having these conversations. And it could be Riot, and that could be the reason that NCA isn't getting involved. And I think they've decided internally that this is the way to go that is going to be the best for our game. And it really, I I think it's the only option they see. I don't think Riot would be starting this if they thought it was going to be able to get figured out by themselves or if someone else could step in and do it. So I think, yeah, I think I agree that it's going to be the way it's going to evolve. Because I think at this point, it's the only place for it to grow. Otherwise, it stays yeah. how it is or it grows that direction. Yeah. But is there anything else about this whole collegiate conversation we want to kind of have before we move on? A lot we talked about here. Yeah, I don't. I think I made my two cents. Um, I think I think my issue is, is just that collegiate esports just needs to figure out where it belongs. Uh, and then that's kind of where, where I'm focusing. Yeah, no, I agree. Dylan, you don't have any last and, memes? NCAA bad. 
<laughs> okay. That that's, right, that that summarizes yeah. That pretty much summarizes every time the conversation comes up. If you only listen to that ten cents, you understand Dylan. But um, before we move into the next story, kind of the second half of the show, I just want to remind you that since we are Twitch affiliates now, if you do have Amazon Prime, that means you have Twitch Prime, and you can give a free subscription each and every single month to any content creator of your choice. And obviously, we'd love if you gave it to us. And if you don't want to give it to us, make sure to give it to someone and take your money back from Amazon, because we all know they have enough of it. But if you are interested, <laughs> just go off in the top right corner, push subscribe. You do have to do it each and every month, but it means the world to us, even... Even if you just do it once and go on to someone next month, it all does help. Rather, it's helping make this show better, helping with popped off and paying any writers or any kind of contract rework we do there. So every little bit does mean the world to us. So thank you to all those that have subscribed and anyone that does think about it. But Yeah, I, if I wish I would have known that, I literally just spent mine on uh, Critical Role last week. <laughs> that is definitely okay because Critical Role is 100% worth it. And I used to use mine on them all the time. But Do um, you have a uh, do you have a Deathly Hollows tattoo? Is that what I'm seeing there? I do. Yeah. I've had that for My years. wife has a tattoo just like that on her forearm. Oh, I, I looks, love it. Looks just like that. <laughs> I love it and have so, so many more to go. But we can talk about that post show a little bit. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking. Zelda one here. I've been thinking about tattoos so much, so we'll definitely have to talk about that in show. I could talk about that for hours, but instead, I want to talk about something else that I am very passionate about and spend way too much money on, and that is a hundred thieves clothing merch. And for those oh, of you that yeah. don't know, and I, I've talked about it before, I think we talked about it leading up a little bit to the drop this weekend. But on Saturday, there was the newest. Uh, newest line dropped there was a sweatshirt um a kind of a pullover rain jacket a dad hat two t-shirts i think that was all of it and it sold out in a minute yeah. like it went up if you did not instantly click on it it was gone and i i was there yeah. i ended up deciding not to get anything this time i've spent a lot of them the last couple times nothing clicked with me this time but i just love bringing up 100 thieves because first off i love the aesthetic but they're just doing something that we don't see any other esport organization doing right now. And that, I mean, other teams have merch and we see merch getting better and better yeah. by the year. But no one does it in this, like, kind of, um, that's how the fashion industry kind of does it. They just all of a sudden yeah. drop a bunch of things all at once and they almost always sell out. And I, I'm just curious what you guys think about it. Like, I, I, I just love bringing it up and I'm just kind of curious what other people think about it always. So I'm ready for the 100 Thieves Sledgehammer. What? I'm ready for that. Sledgehammer. Yeah. So uh, Supreme does it. Like every time they have a drop, they put like weird items. Like they had the Supreme Brick or like the Supreme Sledgehammer. <laughs> and like this is the model that they're following of where they have like yeah. really big drops, low, low, uh, low supply so that they just like sell out and it's a big deal. So I want them to do like a, like a 100 Thieves Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. I'd buy I it. I get it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I think it's great. I think that uh, I think that streetwear has found a really weird home in esports. Yeah, um, and I think that uh, I think that uh, Hundred Thieves just tackled that as soon as they entered the scene. Um, and I think that you see, like you said, there's a lot of other orgs that are like uh, trying to step up. I think honestly that Hundred Thieves sparked all that. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it worked so well for them. Yeah, like Team Liquid has like a line of streetwear now that's pretty cool um tsms is getting better kind of um but there's uh yeah for sure 100 thieves man they they really tackle it i i'm so jealous my uh 
good friends over at 100 Talk, uh, Cole and Jordan, the hosts over there. Um, I've been on their show a bunch, but I've never gotten free merch, and I'm really upset about that. But uh, 100 Thieves literally sent them every single item on oh. the drop in a package. That is my um, goal in esports, is to be yeah. so well-known <laughs> and to let them know I shill about them enough that they send me even one thing. Send me a hat. Like, I will absolutely shill 100 Thieves if they send me their clothes. Oh, I, I will do whatever. And we, we, I remember one of the, one of the first episode. We like we put out like a little clip there, say uh, to like Discord that if you send us just a hat, we will wear it on every single episode for the next year and stuff like that. And they didn't I, do it. No, I think there are so many uh, people in esports that if you send them even one thing of free merch, they will shill your company forever. I feel oh, like yeah. there's so many people in esports, especially if it's cool right merch. <laughs> But yeah, and I and I think it's a conversation that's much bigger than what I think we want to get into today. But they kind of brought up in chat that NYXL had really cool merch last year, and even saw Houston Outlaws and all that kind of stuff. And do you think that Blizzard is hurting the teams and the Overwatch League by not allowing teams to sell their own custom merch online? So we've talked about this before, and I've got this from people that have worked in the Overwatch League, but. You can only sell custom merch if it is offline only at special events. Otherwise, yeah. everything else has to be through Fnatics or whatever other, like the, the slip-on shit yeah, whatever it is. and stuff like that. But do you think that ultimately that's hurting the growth of the Overwatch League? 110%. Yeah. I think I think they should. Honestly, what Riot does is what every... I, 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 I know I'm talking about League a lot, but just bear with me because that's where I'm from. Um, but uh, I think what they do is great. I think that uh, they manage just the jerseys. Um, and then the teams are allowed to do whatever they want with other stuff. But the yeah. jerseys have to go through Riot. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. It, it um, makes I sense think, to me. Yeah, I think that that also gives Riot more freedom to uh publicize basically uh and and put these teams uh jerseys in front of fans that they otherwise just wouldn't see um and that was a real problem like last year because this this change just started in 2019 yeah um and i think that 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 is what i think blizzard should do i definitely don't like that they have a, just a lock on all merch um but uh yeah i mean blizzard is just they do things really professionally compared to any other esports management team, and that's because they've brought in people that manage uh, leagues in traditional sports, and they manage merch in traditional sports, and they're trying to just take, to sound a little tinfoil hatty, they're trying to take total control, uh, and that's an approach. That's that's If they think that that's best, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that certain things need to have a little leeway. Um, I think that having total control definitely helps certain areas. I think that, um, even though players basically have to sign an agreement that their whole life can be televised, um, when they sign up, uh, where that's bad, they're also given a ton of support that league pros will never get. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that there's, there's two sides of this coin. Um, and and it's, it goes for merch too. I think that uh, it's bad that teams aren't allowed to push their merch, but it's good because there will be teams that drop the ball and don't push merch and don't get publicized for it. Um, and this way, Blizzard basically applies a blanket rule and everyone gets the same stuff. Um, so I think that it's bad, but there's always there's always that other side of the coin, especially yeah. in esports. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. I don't agree with it. 
I, I don't think I could add anything to that, Dylan. Do you have anything you want to say? No, I think those are good points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you really nailed pretty much everything on, <laughs> on the head. And I think it. I'll be curious to see how they do it with um, geolocation next year. Because everyone will have home yeah, events. Weird. Will they? Yeah. Will that I'm be under a lot of stuff? Oh, trust me, I am so worried about that. I'm so excited, but so worried about all of geolocation oh, yeah. that until that season's over, I have no idea how I'm going to feel about that. But oh yeah, that's definitely a conversation for next year, I guess. Not even another yeah. day; it's another year. But um, something to kind of keep on the topic of the Overwatch League is. We had, I, as far as I know, the first Overwatch League player is going to be on the cover of Time Magazine. Ah, uh, yes. I, I actually, I'm sorry, I don't, is, is it the actual cover, or is it um, just a feature? Not the cover. It's not the cover, I'm sorry. Uh, not yeah. the cover. She, she is going to be in, um, correct me if I'm wrong on the official title, but I believe she is being added to the, like, influencers of 2019. Or next like next cool. generation yeah. leaders list. Next generation leaders, that's right. And I think she's one of the featured of that. She was featured yes. in one of the lists. And I think, Dylan, I guess I'll hand it over to you. This is your topic, and I'm kind of taking it from you, so I'm sorry. Oh, it just absolutely yoinked it from me. Uh, I don't have too much to add. Uh, it's just, if you if you look it up, uh, you can find the the article that was published already on it. Uh, I assume it's going to be in the actual print one too, but you can you know read it ahead of time, I guess. Uh, but it's just meet the female gamer taking the male dominated world of esports by storm. Esports, of course, spelled incorrectly, but what are we going to do? But does yeah. anyone want to take bets on how Maybe it's spelled? Nice. Aaron, how do you think it's spelled in this article? Oh, uh, I my guess is e, e lowercase e hyphen capital S sports. What do you think, Andrew? Wait, so you did e, you did lowercase e hyphen sports? Yes. I am doing the e uppercase s sports. Ooh, Andrew got it. It is. Yeah. That's how all publications time. do it for whatever reason. It's I have one of those too. <laughs> oh, it drives it drives me crazy. One of one of these days, like. I don't know. I, so, I've given I up on that fight. Story. I have a story. Um, I got salty in uh, an article I was editing a couple months ago. And uh, a publication that was cited by the, the writer, um, in the, he was quoting them, and they used the wrong esports. Um, so... <laughs> So I did, you know, I don't know if you guys know, um, I'm sure you do, but in, in writing and in journalism, you can do this thing where you take, you use brackets to say what, what they implied to say. <laughs> I know you know where I'm going. No. Oh, he froze. <laughs> I pasted and then bracketed the correct spelling. That's good. And that was my personal justice. <laughs> That's the only way to do it from here on out now. <laughs> because you can't you can't change it in the quote, but no, that's nope. that's the best you way to that. get around it that I've heard. I like that. That is the pettiness of esports, and that's why yeah. we may turn away some people. It matters, but damn it. It does matter. <laughs> and in ten years we'll have ninety percent of people saying it right. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. But yeah, I put it in chat. That is exactly what I did. <laughs> Oh, that's great. But, yeah, I mean, it's an awesome thing for Gaguri. I mean, for those of you that don't know, she is the only female player in the Overwatch League right now. She plays for the Shanghai Dragons. 
She's kind of was a rallying point around the team towards the end of the season and probably one of the more well-known people on it, specifically because she's the only Overwatch League, um, the only girl in the Overwatch League, but also she's a great, she has a great personality. I love following her on oh, Twitter. Yeah. But um, So yeah, yeah, I think this is a great thing. I think it's super cool to see someone from eSports featured on the list, and Gaguri, out of everyone, definitely does deserve it, at least in my opinion. So I don't think there's any downside, no discussion about it, but just a super cool thing I think we wanted to call out. Yeah, for sure. But we are going to do our fourth week in a row of following up on this whole Rick Fox story. Probably not going to be the last time because he still hasn't made an official decision. And yeah, but pretty much the only update is it's nothing actually from the Rick Fox side, but actually mm-hmm. the Riot Games, or I guess LO, I, I think it might be like its own second. I think League of Legends Esports put out a statement from Riot Games saying that um, after doing like internal research, we kind of pretty put, put down that you Echo Fox needs to make a change and get rid of the investor or um, they will step in and there will be punishments. Is that pretty much what the um, letter put? Did I miss anything that is? That's basically it. Uh, they implied a lot of people assumed that they were implying that Echo Fox would be kicked out. Is that what, um, do you think it'd be that severe? If, that's what people are, are saying that it implied. I honestly think it's, I think that they're reading into it a little too much. Um, I think that it, I think before they got kicked out, it would be a very hefty fine. Yeah. That would be um, my guess. Personally. But uh, yeah, uh, good on Riot. Um, I think that uh, they definitely needed to say something um, harsh, and that was what needed to be said. Um, Echo Fox's response was good. Um, They basically replied and said, uh, our internal timeline is even shorter than the 60 days you gave us, so it shouldn't be a problem. Um, And uh, Echo Fox is definitely partially to blame um, because it sounds like from the original complaints from Rick, that uh, he tried bringing this up a lot, uh, and it just sort of got brushed under the rug. Um, and that being said, it sounds like it hitting the limelight and Riot getting involved is what forced Echo Fox to finally do something. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, that investor is kind of a kind of a monster. Um, just kind of. Kind of, yeah. We had uh, one of our reporters, uh, Kevin Hit, um, broke. Um, a couple more stories on on that. Uh, we got some texts from a former business partner of that guy that were awful, um, yeah. dating back a couple years. Um, and then we spoke with another business partner of his um, and got an interview basically confirming that for the last, like, more or less decade, he's been that way. Um, That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, he needs to be, needs to be out uh, for sure. And, I, and it's got to be that there's probably some people that kind of throughout the entire 10 years that he's been a part of it probably knew some of it and probably a lot of people covered it up. But after this, he's got to be done with. I mean, he he's out of esports. I mean, you there's, think there's, he'll be out of esports? Yeah, he'd he'll go somewhere. E-sports. But yeah. He should be out of esports. And, and Echo Fox has no choice but to get rid of him, obviously. I mean, that, yeah. that, that internal timeline can't be anything but figuring out whatever the legal specifics is to get them out of that position they gotta buy him out i assume i don't That'd know what the else they way. could do yeah yeah and i mean and i don't even know who has the power in this position i mean obviously the investor knows they need to buy him out but Equifox is going to take a huge hit to their value if they keep it up with this way or if they get fined or kick out of 
I, uh, the LCS. So this whole thing is just no one wins in this situation is what I really think. And honestly, there's a lot wrong with this situation. I mean, because obviously <laughs> there's a lot wrong with it. But uh, I mean, the guy is in the wrong, obviously, because he, he's done some horrible, horrible things. Yep. Um, and then Echo Fox is in the wrong because they didn't act on Rick Fox's complaints. And then everybody's in the wrong because no one researched this guy before inviting him into the venture capital group. Yeah. Um, because uh, I literally, when when we started to get like uh, contacted from his former business partners and stuff like that, I, I just Googled him. I just Googled him. And like, I found just on the front page, some horrible stuff. <laughs> and then our investigative reporter, Kevin, dug on it for like an hour and found really horrible stuff. Like he, he went in on, he has like assault charges on him and then just like, he's been threatening people forever. Like it, it is not that hard to find out about this guy. Yeah. Um, so the fact that, that he was even let in is a problem. Uh, so there's just, a whole series of missteps that were made in this whole situation. I think um, it probably didn't matter to the VC group. I mean, yeah, he has all that terrible stuff tied to him, but, like, ideally... Well, he has money. Yeah, exactly. He has money, and then if you're thinking internally about a VC group, assuming this is the perspective that they have, um, obviously it's not a perspective that we would share, but, like, it, they're sitting there like, oh, he just has money and wants in on this no one's going to know about him it's yeah. just in a vc group anyways this yeah. is like almost like like nameless money for us yeah yeah you're absolutely right um and that's that's a, another problem oh yeah that's uh, with a huge problem. in general yeah but uh yeah you're right and uh it really had to be something huge to actually get his name out there and, and now that this happened this is definitely big enough yeah i remember um when the story was just about breaking and we didn't know who it was exactly like the comments threads were like oh no it's probably this person or this person or this person and everyone's like it was this person because like in the past they said these bad things and it was just like all these other people associated that apparently have said <laughs> bad things too it was like <laughs> oh, okay cool yeah no and uh the the world of vcs is scary uh you can look up any of the investors and there's probably something horrible you'll find about them for sure it's uh it's not rare unfortunately yeah, but I mean that's the VC world, and unfortunately, a lot of these esports startups and organizations need VCs. I mean, it's just how the industry is right now that there's no way to get around it with any kind of big technology startups or anything kind of like that. VCs need to be brought in, and the problem is this can happen to any organization, no matter how well it's managed. Ultimately, yeah. VC. I mean, if only one organization turns away and gives you money, and that's the only way to keep you afloat, I mean. It's just, it's just yeah. business, unfortunately, and there's no way to get around it, and you can never be perfect, but doing what you can once it's brought up, and I mean, Echo Fox should have dealt with it before it happened, but at least it's being dealt with now. Hopefully, Rick yeah, Fox stays Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, we, I mean, the, the last thing anyone wants that's really into esports is Rick Fox to leave because of what he's done and how much he does care. I don't think he wants to leave, but he's in a position that's just not good for you mentally, staying in that position. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But... Is there, I mean, we'll probably talk about it again next week or whenever this comes up until this whole thing's done. But is there anything either one of you guys want to bring up last um, on this topic? I'm I, good. I'm, I, I think if we have any other news on it, we need to have like a special like uh, like ticker that goes across like the, the bottom. 
Yeah, breaking news. Like it makes like a little sound. Like it was like it's like Echo Falcon. Or even like the old like things from like the Batman shows where he come up and like his head spin or just a fox like Rick Fox. Yeah, exactly. And have Rick Fox head come up and kind of do that for a couple seconds. I'll I'll prepare that for the next time we have that on. But um. I think that kind of wraps up for a lot of the main stories. Dylan, I know you just had one quick kind of honorable mention that you wanted to bring up. Yeah, so we've been talking about Complexity Gaming with their huge, like, revamp and, like, all the crazy stuff that they're doing. But they have a big partnership with Miller Coors, which is Miller and Coors beer, uh, basically. So they have a big partnership. Why why did he um, say that so weird? Well, no, because it's Miller Coors. So it's, like, Miller and Coors, like... Yeah. They're two beers, and it's like one name together. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, again, not too much conversation, just more alcohol getting it's involved cool. in esports. It's, yeah. it's an honorable yeah. mention. That's exactly, we don't want to talk about it, but we figure we should pet out the show a couple more minutes. But um, Yeah, and the official the official Project Esports uh, stance on it is that that is it's a bad thing. All right, we can go to oh, the next what? topic without but, any discussion on that. Wait, what? <laughs> this is from a previous episode. I'm... I I'm much more on board with it than the other two were. So Dylan just kind of like avoiding these conversations. Oh, come so on, we I, need we need non-endemics, man. Yeah, it's it's a topic that we will dive into one day, Dylan. I know <laughs> that. <laughs> See, it, it's been going right, for a while. Right, we, we will dive into the topic by just getting in one place IRL and just fighting it out. I'm fine with that. We will fight on the main stage of the grand finals this season at the Overwatch League. We'll just run up on stage and duke it out there. So like yeah, it's kind of like from wrestling. Sure like that. It'd be like one of those wrestling acts. Um, Dylan will be the heel and I will be the one on the right. Um, True. but no, that is that is about all we have for today. But thank you so much for Aaron. Um, just um again, it's at Aaron underscore T underscore M if they wanted to find you on Twitter. Correct. Yep, that's it. Yep, and then make sure to check out. Yeah. Make sure to go check out all the awesome work that he's helping manage. I guess you're not technically doing it. You're helping manage all the awesome content going on Upcomer um, and the Smite Pod, uh, Smite Podcast, correct? Smite Steel. Smite Steel. It's yeah. all League of Legends. Yeah. yeah, we will make sure to tag that in all the posts and all that kind of stuff. We'll retweet all that kind of stuff. So do make sure to go check all that. And Aaron, thank you so much for kind of coming on today. It was great having you Anytime. on here. You know, you know so much more than I feel like even me and Dylan know sometimes. So it's nice to have someone come in that's level-headed and knows what he's talking about. For yourself, Andrew. Uh, I, I think I can speak for any of all of our listeners that you. You guys probably know more about anything that isn't league. Yeah. I just, I'm just, I've been so deeply ingrained in this stupid game for so long. But, <laughs> but with that, thank you so much for listening to Project Esports for May 30th, 2019. Um, and again, following us on Twitter, listening, following Aaron on Twitter, any kind of interaction with us or any of our guests always means the world to us. I mean, we ultimately create this content for you because we're doing it out of passion. We're just doing it because we enjoy it. So any kind of interaction, letting us know what you want to see or what um, you enjoy about what we do so we can do more always means the world. Following us, leaving a five-star review on any of your podcast network all means the world to us. So thank you so much for doing that. Andrew. Did you know that we go live every single Monday? We don't skip a Monday. Every single Monday, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time here at twitch.tv slash pop underscore off. If you missed the live episode, that's fine because you can just go on YouTube. And we're on YouTube if you just search Project Esports and popped off. We're there. Or if you want to listen to 
the best format, my favorite format, the audio only format it's on every single podcasting platform out there. I'm talking Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, I always for I always like mess up at this part because I don't know any other ones, but literally all SoundCloud. of them. Yes, yeah, uh, not that one. That's the only one. It's a it, it's a music platform. That's okay. It's not a podcast platform oh primarily. Uh, one day we'll be on there. Uh, but yeah, we're on all of them except SoundCloud. <laughs> but um, with this, Aaron, you will catch on very quickly. Hopefully, I am Andrew. I'm Dylan. And I'm Aaron. Thank you for listening to the Project Esports Podcast. We'll see you guys next week.